Hey, everybody, it is Chris Aiken from the Classic Metal Show and the Aftershocks podcast. And before we show you this next video, just wanted to remind you that you can add the CMSPN to your Roku. That's right. If you have a Roku or a Roku TV, just click the link below. It's in the scroll. It's also in the description of this video. And make sure you're logged into your Roku account on your computer, and it will add it right to your Roku. It'll add it, then you just refresh your device, and bang, there it is. That way you can watch all of our episodes, whether it's us or Skull Sessions or Talk To Me or Aftershocks or Classic Metal Show. I'll be on your TV. It's a deal, right? And it's free, free. All right, make sure you do that. And now here's the video you actually came to see. It is your classic metal show right here on the classic metal show.com. That is John Karabi in union with pain behind your eyes. And, uh, well, being that this is, uh, Halloween Eve. Yes. Tomorrow, Sunday. Isn't it strange? It's uh Halloween on a Sunday. It is. It's which means you'll have all those little fucking crumb scratchers bugging you all day tomorrow. <laughs> Trying to have a day off. Instead, you're going to get. Trick or treat. Well, you got a you got a pagan ritual uh, being uh, celebrated on on a on a holy day. I'm gonna put a sign on my door that says "I have COVID, beware." Yeah, I bet that'll keep them away. I have COVID. Let that scare the shit out of you. I'll breathe on your candy, pal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, being that uh, you know. Halloween uh, is, you know, full of uh, ghosts and goblins and pumpkins and all the things that are fall related. Sure. Apparently not far from your pinball PA palace, your pinball palace. Right. <laughs> A Pennsylvania man was charged with assault after he allegedly tossed pumpkins at an elderly woman parked outside of his house on Wednesday. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> James Gazis, G-A-Z-I-S, Gazis. James Gazis. Yes. A 40-year-old from Pittsburgh was charged with aggravated assault and for the propulsion of missiles after he chunked the gourds at Robin Faulkner, a grandmother who had been waiting in her vehicle to pick up her grandchild. Okay. <laughs> So he was charged with propulsion of a missile. Wow. <laughs> Here, take that, Granny. That's funny. <laughs> a criminal complaint obtained by the Washington Examiner said Gazus's wife, Melissa, shouted that an elderly woman had almost hit her and their child as they were crossing the street and that the woman should park elsewhere. Gazus then came outside and tossed a white pumpkin which hit the car windshield. Is that racist? White I'm thinking pumpkin? so. Okay. <clears throat> what I'm is a white pumpkin? I don't know. I maybe maybe it was kind of like an albino pumpkin that didn't uh I don't know if that's like a a a, a, a you know what do you want to call it a a species of pumpkin if that's the yeah. correct word. 
Yeah. Or, or maybe it, it, it just lacks the, the orange, you know, the orange uh, skin. Who knows? No pigment in it or something. But, yeah, I've never yeah. seen one. Yeah. You've got to be kidding me, the woman in the car said after she had rolled down her window. Her son, okay. James Moore, told WPXI. Okay. Gazes then threw a bigger orange pumpkin through the car window, subsequently hitting the woman's head. The criminal bonk. <laughs> <laughs> so she rolls down the window, and this guy heaves a pumpkin at her through the window. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Officer Patton said that the criminal complained that upon arriving on the scene, he noticed Faulkner had been clutching a towel over her left eye and head. She claimed that her nose was bleeding and that she had a headache from the incident. Wow. Moore said his mother ended up with a cut from the second pumpkin after it had knocked her glasses into her nose. <laughs> Medics treated the grandmother for her injuries on the scene. Uh, Kara Cruz, a public information officer with the city of Pittsburgh, told the Washington Examiner. Moore described the WPXI how his mother had been shaking and clutching her face, telling him uh, to call nine. Now, what was this kid doing the whole time? He was just sitting there watching his mother getting battled with pumpkins. No, and these dumb kids, he's holding his phone, just videotaping. Yeah. He's just sitting there. <laughs> He's just sitting there. How old was there. this kid? I don't know. I'm I'm trying to see if there was a if there was an age on this guy. Maybe he's a young kid. Maybe he's like ten. I don't know. He's he's talking to the paper and telling the paper or the radio, you know, what what happened there. Well, you assume that you you assume that a paper or a TV station or whatever has any kind of any kind of standards. They'll talk to a two-year-old if they think they can get a story out of it. Yeah, sure. Um, Moore described to WPXI how his mother had been shaking and clutching her face, telling him to call 911 because Gazes had just chucked a pumpkin at her. <laughs> Gazes and Moore ended up in a fist fight. Wow. So, so the kid did get out, I guess. Okay. Uh, in which Moore threw Gazes to the ground. So this ain't no kid. No. Said the criminal complaint, which added that Gazes sustained a minor cut on his hand and abrasion on his feet. Now, is that from the fight or is that from grabbing a sharp pumpkin edge? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Officer Patton was con uh, contacted by Detective Briner, who had watched the surveillance footage from the city and informed Patton and Melissa Gazes and her child did not appear to have any danger of being hit by Faulkner. Gazes was arrested and released on a non-monetary bail within the same day and is scheduled to appear in court on November 10th for a preliminary hearing, according to the court docket. How embarrassing. <clears throat> Go to court. Uh, Mr. Gazes, did you throw a pumpkin at this lady? <laughs> Your Honor, I'm sorry to say that I did. Well, you are a judge yourself, so what, how would Judge Aiken rule on something like that? Judge Aiken would have a hearty laugh at this story. <laughs> I don't think I'd be too upset about this lady getting a pumpkin thrown at her. Yeah. Not hurt. You know, and again, this shouldn't even be a police matter. She's not fucking hurt. Suck it up. Just yeah. don't go by his house. But I still don't understand why. Why was she saying anything to this fucking guy? 
Well, what happened was she apparently pulled up. I, I don't know. It doesn't exactly say why she's waiting for her granddaughter at a certain place. Maybe it's right outside of a school mm-hmm. or something like that. So she is sitting out in her car waiting on her granddaughter, wherever her granddaughter is. Okay. And apparently the woman, the, the Gazes's wife, mm-hmm. went into the house and told her husband, hey, this lady outside here in front of the house, she almost hit us with her car. So the guy, so the guy bails out like a real man and goes out there and whips a pumpkin at her car (laughs) for, for for quote unquote, almost hitting his wife and kid. I can see that. Not guilty for gazes as far as I'm concerned. So so then the the lady rolls down the window and says, you gotta be kidding me. So the guy picks up another pumpkin and chucks it at her through the window. Yeah, that seems I'm with the guy on this. You got to protect your chick at all times. Not guilty. So there you go, some some um, ball time pumpkin um, <laughs> uh, mishap, I guess. That's fucking nuts, dude. Yeah, dude, that I hate to say it, but up where Pinball PA is, that's a fucking dangerous area. Obviously, isn't that where we had the, the shooting? <clears throat> it was close by there. Yeah, it was right by there too. Right where the, the they said uh, you won't shoot me, and a guy went in and got a gun and shot him. Yeah. And wasn't that the where the the teacher or something got killed? Yeah, yeah, there was a teacher right there in um uh what's that area right there? Aliquippa, Ambridge, yeah, or something? yeah, Aliquippa, yeah, right there yeah. in Aliquippa, that teacher got killed right in the driveway. Well, that's great. I just hope she wasn't a customer of Pinball PA. <laughs> need that you money. You can't lose those dollars. No, need that money. Yeah, no shit. And to be honest, I hope the shooter wasn't either, because if they if they visited, we got their money too. Yeah, no kidding. I need their I need their coin. If you're if you go to like the Game Master's Realm or something, you can shoot each other. But if you're a Pinball PA customer, do not get in trouble. Right. We need your money. Yeah. Watch your P's and Q's there, mister. That's right. Yeah, dude. That Aliquippa area, it just seems like every couple of months there's something fucked up going on over mm-hmm. there crazy time over there what a perfect place for me to have a business right (laughs) it's just it's just one of those you know it's just one of those areas where where the uh what do you want to call it the um the the, uh, hillbillies get a little out of control out there yeah well you know it is what it is dude i mean how how much longer is there is there going to be any safe zones i mean another what two three years i think every city is going to be a fucking danger zone the way we're going don't you i think so you know it seems like that's the, the direction we're going in yeah so go get your black rain rifles <laughs> exactly <laughs> get, get your get yourself armed up that's a, that's the only safety you have is being armed to the teeth no kidding <laughs> well I've, I've got my stock of ammo got my stock of guns so mm-hmm. And you got your stock of food, so you're good. I do. I'm I'm good for a while. It's it's funny. I I did the the Walmart order this week, and now I have I have um, forty packs of water everywhere in my house because I ordered just a bunch of water. Well, just to have it, man. Just to have it. Yeah, I mean, dude. Even food, you can live without food for a while. You can't live without water for what? What is it? Three days? Yeah. 
three days with no water and you start fucking losing your mind. So I got to have water. So, but yeah, I do. I have like, you know, they sell it in the 40 pack now, not just the 24. And so I bought, I think I have five cases of water. Is it purified water or is it spring water? It is purified drinking water. Okay. Yeah. I I like the uh, iron mountain uh, spring water. Well, this is, this, this is a great value. Know why? Because the label says great value. (laughs) Drinking water. Great value drinking water. Right, of course. <laughs> so that must be a great value. It's, I'm sure it is a great value. So you got a uh, Halloween story to share? Yeah, we could turn this into Halloween. It has more to do with candy. Um, did you happen to see that um, I made a little news this week with um, with our with our old friend, former Enough's Enough vocalist, Donnie V? Uh, you did send me the link over from uh, Metal Sludge. Yeah. <laughs> did you hear hear and see Donnie? Did you hear the video? I did not. I didn't get a oh. chance to look at it. You sent you, me the leak. I, I forgot to go back to see exactly what was in there. You're going to love this. So I'll, I'll pull it up here. Hold on. Put it on the screen. So I talked to Donnie this week. And, and you know, I... I Absolutely, I'm a fan of Donnie and Chip. Yeah, sure. You know, and um, so, you know, I, I got talking to Donnie, and Donnie's, uh, Donnie's Donnie, man. I, I, I think he's clean. I get the impression he's clean. Okay. At the same time, uh, I don't know, man. You know, he, he, in, in one side of his mouth, he's saying about, you know, he's got the right people in place and he's, you know, this and that. And, and, and he does look a thousand times healthier than we've seen him look in forever. You know, since, since the nineties, he looks the best he's looked since the nineties. Okay. So at one point, one of the questions I asked him was, I asked him, if he thinks he's going to be able to get out there and tour, play shows with and and avoid the drug dealers, and I okay. just asked him at point blank because that has always been down, Donnie's downfall. Is you know he gets into a town and he knows some drug dealer in that town, and next thing you know he's all fucked up. What's well, it's the Janie Lane syndrome? Exactly, exactly right, and that's one of the reasons I asked the question because I asked Janie the same question, and but you remember Janie gave us a line about that he had a spiritual advisor and blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You remember all that nonsense? Yeah, I do. Donnie didn't even go there. Donnie. And this is the part that scares me a little for him. I hope I'm wrong on this. I really hope I'm wrong on this. But so I asked Donnie, I said, Are you going to be able to avoid the drug dealers and, and you know, all that junk getting to you. And he goes without even flinching. He goes, if I wanted that junk, I could go get it right now. Okay. And I just was like, oh. which means it's already here. He knows where to go. Get it. Well, I mean, you know, which I mean, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure it just doesn't go away. I mean, no. you know, but it's right at the tip of his tongue. He's, well, he's but, but apparently I think maybe his message was, I'm just guessing here that, yeah. that, you know, whether he's at home or on the road, if he really wanted it, he could get it. Right. But he chooses not to. Yeah. And 
I hope that is indeed the message. I, I honestly do. Cause I, you know, again, I like Donnie a ton and, and I, I've always, and you know, I've said this a million times. I think he's, he's one of the most underrated talents out there. Like Janie Lane, the guy can write a song. Donnie V should find, I can't believe there's nobody that can lead him to where he just writes songs and turns them in and country stars take those songs and re-record them. You know, the guy can, the guy can shit out songs that most people would pay big money to, to, to get. Yeah. He's, he's like a Desmond child guy. Yeah. And, and just hasn't probably because of his reputation has not been able to find that, that outlet. Yeah. Cause just not being reliable maybe or unstable mm-hmm. at some point or, you know, well, nobody just, wants to take a chance. People are afraid, you know, I mean, a Carrie Underwood, I'm just throwing a name out there, but somebody like Carrie Underwood, if she records one of his songs and then he gets popped for fucking meth or something that affects her. You know, if, if, if she had a number one song with a Donnie V written song and then he got popped for meth or something, wouldn't that be the news? It wouldn't be Donnie V formerly of enough's enough. No, it It would be, it would be. Gary uh, Underwood songwriter Donnie V yeah, collaborator. Yeah, that would be, and then it would put a dark symbol on her. Sure, you know, and and I, I feel bad for him because he's had a, you know, in this interview that I did with him, he talked about that mental illness and all kinds of crazy shit. You know, I, I, it's a dark interview. It's one of the darkest interviews I've ever done with him. But this. This clip I'm going to play for you, it's funny and it's tragic at the same time. So you and I have both seen, I, I want to preface this because it, it does seem like I'm shitting on Chip a little bit here. And, and I really wasn't. But when you hear when you hear just this clip out of context, it does seem like I'm shitting on All right. Chip. You and I have both seen the Enough's Enough with just Chip and, and company. Yes. And I, I, I'll say what I said on the tape here, and then I'll play it. And I'm curious before I say it, what your take is. My take is Chip doing Enough's Enough the way he's doing it now is a nostalgia act. Yeah. And, and specifically, it doesn't have the feel that Enough's Enough with Chip and Donnie had. It doesn't have that aura to it. it it's... It's not organic anymore. It feels like an 80s nostalgia act. Well, I mean, Chip is carrying on the name and basically playing the songs like a, you know, like a a tribute band. Yeah. And uh, and that's kind of, I said, my exact quote to Donnie was, Chip carried on the name and that's all he carried on. He doesn't have the spirit that Enough's Enough had in the 90s now. In my opinion, he plays the hits and he plays the songs that kind of sound like the hits. And that's what it is. And, and it's a fun show. And I, and I even say in this thing that I, that, you know, I like it. I, I don't dislike it. I, I've seen it a few times and I've enjoyed it. So yeah, well, we saw him open for Tom Kiefer. Yeah. And it was great. And I saw him again with uh, great white and uh, the bullet boys when I was talking yeah, that's about right. You did. With, was was talking about blues? Yeah when I was talking about Mark Torian and this weird open mouth thing that he was doing, you know, so I I've seen it a few times. I don't hate it, but it doesn't feel like, 
It doesn't feel like them shows we used to see at Ron's Crossroads where it was a real musical thing. You know, yeah, right. I, don't, I don't know how to explain it. Now it just feels like a nostalgia show, which is, again, not a bad thing and good for Chip for carrying on. But, you know, so anyway, I, I say this to Donnie and he just goes off on a tangent and he, he literally says he hammers Chip for Chip's vocals. Okay. And then. The best quote here, and this is this is where it's he makes a candy reference to he says that enough's enough today is kind of like if you wrapped a turd in a Snickers wrapper. <laughs> and when you open it, when you open it, take a bite, then you never want to have a Snickers again. <laughs> oh, so let me play this clip for you. It's fucking Donnie just being Donnie, man. He's going off. So check this out. Obviously, he's carried on the name. And to my ears anyway, that's what he's carried on, the name. You know, it. the, the music. Thank you for saying that. It saves me from having to say a lot. Oh, well, no, <laughs> I, I mean, it just doesn't. I, and I've seen it a couple times as well. And, and it just doesn't have the same spirit that you guys had. You know, it's. What it is now is a hairband nostalgia act. And that, you know, I, I'm, I'm not saying that's a horrible thing. I love the 80s. You know, I love that era. But it's not you guys, especially that second half of your career, Peach Fuzz, Paraphernalia 7. That's where I think you got really experimental with some of the writing or you forced a lot more ideas in. And that's kind of not there now. Now it's. Now it's everything that was a hit and everything that sounded like everything that was a hit being played for 45 minutes. Does well, he's, that got, he's, he's got everything he, he could possibly could get from me and, uh, and went, went, went off to do his thing and that's what he wants to do. And he doesn't want anything to do with me. And, and uh, I personally have nothing close to the same vision as he does. And well, uh, what I'm, what I'm all about is, uh, is the connection with the fans, what sure. you know, to uh, connect with them, to give them what they want and to never let them down. Like they never let me down. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's, I proposed doing shows with him again and um, sure. he, he shut it down. He want nothing to do with it. And so I'm, well, what, what do you think the fans want? You want to think they want to hear you up there uh, gargling thumbtacks or do you want to, you want to hear me? The guy, right. <laughs> you know what I mean, I'm the guy, you know what I mean? Right. So, so I just, Luckily, I, I own the machine that makes them, so I just took it over here and set it up another another shop and um, let him do what he wants. You know, it's sure. uh, you know I don't think it's it's not enough's enough. That's what it is. I just to call it that is uh, like putting a turd in a Snickers wrapper. You know what I mean? It's like you open it up, it's like, <clears throat> and then what happens then? You never want a Snickers again. You know what I mean? And so right. that analogy doesn't work with his ego and his. Uh, but, you know, I mean, all the greatest things and all the saddest things and this and that that I've done in my life, I did with that guy next to me. And, um, sure. you know, and I, I considered him a big brother and uh, I'm not so sure, uh, you know, what I was considered. Um, you know, a lot of is really uh, you, you don't the people that get you are usually the people you're not watching. <laughs> wow, there's a lot of animosity there. That, that doesn't sound like they're still brothers at all, does it? <laughs> well, you know, every time I've talked to Chip, mm -hmm. you know, when, when it comes to talking about Donnie, yeah. 
he he always indicates that he'd like to you know be able to get back with him and you know do what they do and now donnie's saying that chip wants nothing to do with him well and, and it's weird because donnie has a new video for a song called party time and uh chip's in it chip's playing bass in it so chip is on some level willing to work with them but you know i i don't know i i mean the truth is, you know, there's a lot of truths to this thing, man. And and it's it's a shame, like like with so many breakups, it truly is a shame where it's gotten to. Because, first of all, if you really want to get into, into it, when Donnie was in the band, they, they were a club band. They were a bar band. Mm-hmm. When Donnie left the band and Chip took it over himself, they're getting serious tours. They're getting, you know, corporate sponsored tours like the, you know, that tour that I saw with Great White and um, Bullet Boys. That was that serious XM tour. Yeah. The Kiefer tour was a big tour. Mm-hmm. And Chip was playing all those. I mean, Chip didn't just play the Cleveland show that they were on tour. Right. And they, they were part of the package. Yeah. So, I mean, the business side of it definitely is in Chip's favor. If you look at it, I mean, how many times did we see enough's enough at Ron's crossroads? Many times and or, not, or, or the revolution. Yeah. Or the revolution or somewhere. And I'm not saying that those are bad, bad places to see shows or whatever, but that's the kind at that point, whoever was managing, which I'm, I'm assuming was chip, you know, they're just calling city to city club to club until they find one that'll take them. Right. I mean, that's usually what, what that means when you see them in, when you see him at the revolution one time and at bronze crossroads the next time, and at uh, the Odeon the next time, that basically means that they're calling around and trying to find whoever will give them the most cash to come in. You know, they're, they're, they're gig, gig shopping. And now they don't have to do that. Now they're getting corporate, more corporate sponsored gigs, which that seems to say that that is the way, you know, that, that chip is working. And, and the other thing is, does Chip want to give up half the money? Why would he give up half the money? They're not going to bring in Donnie back. I don't, I, I mean, I can't. What do you think enough's enough makes now? Five G's? Oh, I don't know if they make that kind of money. Do you? I don't know. I have no idea. I, I mean, boy, I'm going to, I'm going to guess maybe three. So, so even if it's $3,000 right now, it's probably 2000 Chip and a thousand into everything else paying for the, the other guys in the band and the, you know, the bus or the van or whatever they're riding around in and, you know, and, and all that stuff. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm sure he's not, you know, making a ton of money on, on no. the, the, the gigs. I mean, it, no. I'd be, I'd be really surprised if they were getting five grand. All right. Do you think so? If if they're getting three, let's just say they're getting three. Yeah. Does the value go up to five with Donnie? I don't I think. Don't, I don't think so. I don't think it, make, it makes a difference. I, I I think at this point, because of so much time that has gone by, mm-hmm. I don't think that anyone knows that Donnie's not in the band. Yeah. And I think in this age of more casual fans, I don't think they know the difference. Any, I, I mean, I don't think Donnie V was ever a name name. Not really. 
I mean, people saw him, but they didn't know. They didn't know. The only name anybody ever knew in the band was Chip because he was Chip's enough of enough. Right. enough. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that, that, that he was kind of the only name. So I don't know that that adds any, any true value to, to the band other than, other than the hardcores will love it. Like me, like me personally, I would love to see it. I would love to see Chip and Donnie play a single show. Even if it was an acoustic show, I'd love to see that personally. Well, we saw it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've seen it. I've, I've seen it before. I'm saying, well, I remember, remember he played that metal sludge night out. Yeah. I mean, he, he, that was more or less an acoustic show. It was. And that's what I mean. I would, I'm saying today I would, I personally would like to see that, but I don't think there's enough value for, for, to bring Donnie back. There, there's no way to pay it. There's no way to justify it. Even if it's a $2,000 increase in pay, Chip still makes less money. By the time he cuts it 5000 to 2500 and then takes the money off the top for the band and for the travel and everything, Chip's going to make less money than he does now. Yeah, there's just not enough to go around. Yeah, and that's what I think is probably, I, it's probably the driver. I don't know that. And, you know, it's weird. I'm supposed to talk to Chip next week because they have a, Enough's Enough has a covers album coming out. Okay. And I, since I just did this one and since it made news, I figured, I figured I'll, I'll talk to Chip too. Sure, and, of course. You know, and see what he has to say about the turd and the Snickers rapper. Right. <laughs> you know, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, I I think what Donnie is doing musically is great. I'll stand by that beautiful things record that he put out right before COVID as an excellent record. It's it's fantastic, and he just put out this box set kind of a thing. It's actually pretty cool. It's a it's a they took a laminate. You know, you get like a laminate mm-hmm. and built into it is a thumb drive. And it has all of Donnie's solo material, which is like over a hundred songs, has 40 videos wow. for the songs, um, has all kinds of different shit, you know, and you get that. Plus you get the laminate that, you know, if, and when they actually get out there and play, you, you automatically get full access to the meet and greet and stuff. Wow. Full access to Donnie V. I know it's, it's something. Wow. It's something, but. You know, but for a hundred bucks, for a hundred bucks for a hundred songs plus meet and greet access to to gigs, that's not a bad deal. No, not at all. You know, not not, not when you get all that content. If you're a hardcore Donnie yeah. fan or something, yeah. If you're if you're a if you're a fan of Enough's Enough, you, it's worth it to me. I thankful. I, I was very happy that the publicist sent me the whole thing, and I was like, wow, I didn't have all these art records, and I am a Donnie fan. So I don't know. It just being such a big fan of this band and being truthfully, I, I consider chip to be a friend. You know, I really do consider chip to be a friend, not just a, not just like a rock friend, but like a friend friend. Yeah. I hate that. This is where they are now. You know, it, it's really sad to me that, that this band that I, that I love as music, musical guys. And I really do consider friends as personal guys i hate that this is where they are now it's it just sucks you know i agree Hmm. i mean well not not that there's any comparison here but uh 
mean, look, look at after all these decades mm-hmm. uh, apart, uh, Don and George constantly playing together, mm-hmm. you know, with the, with the, you know, the George appearances at, at the end of all the Dawkins shows and this year, this 2020 yeah. and, and into next year, they already right. got dates booked for next year. Sure. And that seems to be working out, you know, cause, uh, you know, I've, I've obviously have hung out with Don and George sure. numerous times just this year. And those two guys get along just like just the buddies, you know, they, there's, they, there's no tension. There's no animosity. There's no right. nothing. Those they guys can... just hang out in the dressing room and just shoot the shit. And, you know, they, George comes out on stage, plays three songs, you know, and fans love it. It's not competitive anymore with those two. No, that's, not that's at all. Big. But but the but the point I'm trying to make is that there was a lot of harsh words and oh, a yeah. lot of animosity and a lot of disdain for one another there for yeah. quite a while, and yeah. somehow that just went away after you know I guess the old saying goes time heals all wounds or something. But you know. Not, not that anyone's going to be clamoring for a Donnie V and Chips enough reunion per se, but sure. you know, as far as friendship goes and you know whatnot, maybe somewhere down the road that that that'll cool off and maybe they can you know rekindle their friendship again. But who knows? Who knows? It does seem like band guys are definitely way more way more willing to forgive shit than some of us regular guys. Like I, I still would be holding on to this like. If I heard Donnie say this about me, I'd never let it go. I mean, 50 years down, we'd be 90 years old. Yeah, but, but that's you. I mean, you I held know. a grudge against your parents for 20 some years. Yeah. You know, this speak, was your own flesh and blood. And I didn't speak a, speak a word to him for 12. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very hardcore about yeah, but that. That's, but that's you. Most, most people are that, that. Yeah, bitter or angry, or mm-hmm. you know, that's why you're angry, Aiken. But yeah. uh, you know, me, I, I'm more or less let bygones be bygones. That doesn't mean I'm going to embrace you as my best friend. Sure. It just means I'm not going to sit there and and be bitter about stuff. I'm just going right. to let things go and go about my business. And if I never talk to you again, so be it. And right. if I see you on the street, I'm not going to go fuck you. You know, I'm not going to do that. It's just Let's see. Yeah, just go about my business. <laughs> I would. <laughs> but, but I've known, I've also known people who, you know, who vocalize to me about their hatred towards an individual. And sure. They, uh, hey, I saw, you know, so and so the other day. And go, you know what? If that motherfucker was on fire, <laughs> I wouldn't bother walking across the street to put him out with a stream of piss. Right. You know, yeah. that, that kind of an attitude. It's uh-huh. like, oh, wow. Well, okay. Yeah. And meanwhile, I'll be from some fight 22 years ago or something. Yeah, me, I, I, I just like, man, I, I just don't know what that kind of bitterness and hate is about. I just don't yeah. have that in me, you know? Well, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. I, I honestly think Chip, just knowing Chip, he does not seem like the kind that would hold a grudge for very no, long. I don't think so at all. I, you know, Chip, Chip is always, and and I don't think it's I don't think it's false in any way, shape, or form. But I've known Chip since ninety uh, eight. Yeah. So it's been twenty, you know, twenty three years, and every time I see Chip or talk to him or whatever, he's always just very upbeat and 
good spirits and you know just you know he he's he's the consummate performer even even when he's talking to you he's always yeah. just like really just just uh enthusiastic i sure. guess you know he's a very enthusiastic guy yeah you know it's the weirdest thing about chip i've known him as long maybe even a little longer than you have not much but you know right in the same time that's that's when I met him too, 96, 97, 98, somewhere in there. And um, I've never seen him outside of rock clothes. Oh, no. He always dresses like that. I've never seen him just show up in like a pair of sweats and a T-shirt. And I mean, I, I've hung out with him on on various tours with various bands. You know, I remember when um, Sheldon took me on the bus to meet him with Adler. Mm-hmm. You know, Sheldon took me on the bus. There's Chip. Chip was in his rock clothes. Yeah, I know. I I, I did the same thing. I think I did that like two weeks before you. Yeah. He's ready to rock. It's like three o'clock in the afternoon or something. He's in the rock clothes. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I saw when, when, um, when Tracy and, and Nikki six were doing that brides of destruction thing, right. mm-hmm. they were playing here in Chicago at, uh, at the Argonne ballroom or some shit. Okay. And, and I went to go see it and chip pulls up in a car with, with a friend driving okay. chips, chip gets out of the car to attend the show and he's dressed as chips enough. <laughs> yeah. He's got the big glasses and the fly. Yeah, he's got hat. the hat on and, and the <laughs> glasses and the bell bottom pants and, you know, and he's chips enough. Yeah. Yeah. He's always chips enough, you know, and he was just there to attend the show. Yeah, yeah, that, dude. That's that's how he is. Uh-huh. I, it, it, it's just weird. I mean, we we've run into how many rock guys, and you know, you hang out with, or they invite you up to the the hotel room or whatever to to hang out while they get ready for the gig or whatever, and they're just wearing fucking sweats and a t shirt or mm-hmm. wear jeans or something. Chips enough? Never, never. You know, I I will guarantee you, guarantee you. And I'll bring the video next week to prove it. When I do the interview with Chip, it's a video interview. Guarantee he's dressed in the rock clothes. <laughs> Guarantee he's, ready, he's, he's ready to take the stage at any minute. Absolutely. But you know he's gonna he's not gonna appear on on video without the glasses and the hat and the, right, and the, the rock shirt. Well, he's got the, the got the image to uphold. Yeah. And he and he will uphold it. <laughs> of course. He's chips enough exactly which is great so but, yeah we we've said this before it's just weird that you know chip literally lives 40 minutes from here and i i and i've been here for 17 years and i haven't been able to get him here yeah no he's he he and he always says he wants to come and he never does nope it's you know it's, 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 it's like, like i said i think the only way that i'm going to get him here is i like i'm going to have to i'm going to have to hire a car yeah. To go get him and take him home. It's going to have pizza in it, brother. <laughs> Not coming without some pizza. Yeah. <laughs> so, funny. Yeah. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to get a, a car service to go get him. We got to have him on at some point. I mean, it's, yeah, it'd be fun. That and, and that's one I would probably drive to Chicago for. I would probably jump in the car and drive to Chicago. If chip is in studio. Because that would be a lot of fun. To just it would come. be. We would be cutting up like crazy. 
you know, and now and and he'd be even more welcome in your house now that he doesn't smoke. Well, that's that's what he says. He says he doesn't do anything anymore. So, yeah. So if he's not smoking. Then then he wouldn't have to go outside your house every two minutes to toke up. Because, <laughs> you know, that would have been a problem like 10 years ago if he'd have shown up at your place. Oh, yeah. Well, it was it was kind of funny I, because I think you and I did this when they were on the, the poison tour back in uh, 90. What was it? 99 or was that 90, somewhere in there? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they they had the uh, they had the tour bus. Right. And I think both you and I went on we the did. bus. And and he just sat there rolling one joint after another. He he rolled one, smoked it, got it down to you know so long, and then he was rolling another one and yeah. lit the new one off the old one. Right. And then just you know, and it was like just it's like Dude, Jesus. That getting on that bus was literally the scene from Fast Times at Richmond High when Spicoli's friends show up in the van, mm-hmm. open the door just a cloud of smoke came out and then a stone chip right behind it. My brothers, Wendell and Chris, what's going on? <laughs> Come on up here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Sits us down. You guys want anything? <laughs> and then chip immediately is throwing the weed to me. Hey, you want to? And I couldn't smoke at the time. Cause I was, you know, I still had a job. You know, I had a jobby job that piss tested. So, right, right. But he, but he aimed at raise. He's like, "Hey, you want this? You want yeah. to?" And I really wanted to, but I was, you he's know, little, he's got his little baggie there with his butt in it, and he's like crunkling, you know, crinking it all up and putting yeah. it in the paper and rolling it, and it's just like, dude, come on. See that? That's a little bit of a bummer to be because now that I do, now that I am willing to smoke a little pot here and there, I can't get high with the new thing. <laughs> I always wanted to get high with Chip. And now he's not smoking. Yeah. You know, it's like, damn it. My, my, my childhood rock star fantasy ruined. Yeah. <laughs> and I could have done it how many times? That's the sad part. <laughs> I mean, how many shows did we go to? Yeah. With, you know, I mean, seriously, me and you together went to. At least four. Yeah. I mean, more than that. Come At, at Ron's. Dude, they were playing Ron's twice a year. Yeah, at least. You know, and then, they were and then of course they and then of course be, being the connection with Billy, they played at the Revolution, Revolution once or twice a year too. Yeah, yeah. yeah we saw, I, I, dude. I I know I've seen enough's enough twenty times. I've seen them with with every incarnation, with Monaco on vocals, with Chip on vocals, with Donnie on vocals, with Donnie laying on the floor because he couldn't stand <laughs> up, with Donnie being energetic. Full full eighties gear, even though it was mid nineties and they weren't making any money. Remember that show? Yeah, they came with the full setup from the eighties, the whole damn thing, and, and and they were playing a a stage about the size of this little tiny room I'm in. And you know, the, just <laughs> the size of a postage stamp. Yeah, but they had the full like arena tour gear ready to go. <laughs> I love those guys, man. And I don't care what anybody says. Their music is is better than 90% of the shit that was popular. Yeah, sure. In that era. I love, I still listen to those records all the time. Call me a faggot if you want to. I don't yeah, care. You know what? It, it's it's basically just a, just a modern Beatles. It is. It's, it's just very, you know, the, obviously that was a very, very huge influence on both Donnie and Chip. And it was just very Beatlesque, a very 
Beatley eighties, nineties music. Dude, how bad must it have pissed them off when Oasis became fucking megastars? Yeah. That had to just fucking grind their gears. Cause I I love Oasis too. Don't get me wrong. I think they're a great band too, but I honestly think Enough's Enough had better songs. Yeah. Well you know? Enough's Enough just came along almost too little too late or they didn't quite get the right management or promotion or it was just the wrong time for them they blew their shot they blew yeah. their shot when when chip or donnie showed up at that fucking animals release party and punched out the the head of sleep you know or, or what did he do he, he he tried to fuck the the label head's wife or something and then i, I don't know got insulted her or something yeah something and then and then he punched the guy in the face so like two days later, this fucking record was in the cutout. Yeah, they they dropped them. They dropped them like a heartbeat and would not even promote it, even though they had pressed up like half a million copies or something. Yeah, yeah that that's one of those albums. Any record store you go in that still exists that sells used records, you will find a a, a cutout bin version of Animals because they cut that thing like crazy. They cut yeah. that and fucked that band hard. Well, the only the only band that really benefited from acting out uh, against a uh, label head or whatever you want to call it is Motley Crue. Yeah, that's it. They, they already had their career established and they uh they you know insulted the head of Electra. Yeah. And they got dropped but they were also were given their catalog back. Yeah, that worked in their favor. It did big time. Now, Motley Crue is the all-time luckiest band ever. They are, definitely. You know, half half their catalog stinks you know they're they're dirt bags they're fucking scum you know vince is a scumbag tommy's a scumbag they've they've done jail time both of them have done half the band has been in jail you know during their run yeah not, not before like they cleaned up during their run they did jail time you know two of the guys have killed people in that band yet they're still fucking huge that makes no sense to me. Yeah, well, I don't get it. How do you get away with killing people? And not just one guy, but two. Tommy killed that kid. Or, you know, let the kid drown in his pool. And Vince killed Razzle. How do you bizarre. get away with that? Well, I, you know, again, celebrity has its uh, privileges, I guess. I guess. I guess if you write a song that everybody knows, it's okay to kill people. Apparently. Yeah. That's crazy. But. Well, our, our good friend uh, Stevie Rochelle. Yes. Since we were talking Metal Sludge and all. Mm -hmm. uh, he apparently was kind of put off by something that uh, current Queensryche vocalist Todd Latore said. Yeah. I saw this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm going to throw a little, little thanks out to a guy who's constantly, uh, you know, submitting stories. I don't, I don't give our fans enough accolades, but sure. uh, our good friend, uh, Brian Bauman. Okay. He, he submits like three or four things a day. Yeah. Yeah, we don't get to all of it all the time. I get to use some of it, but uh, he he's always looking out for the CMS and right. providing us with content. You know, throwing sure. stuff our way to just in case it was something that you know was of interest to us to cover on the show. Right. 
But apparently, uh, Todd Latore of Queensryche asked the question, what's a load-in? Yeah, I saw this. What a dick. <laughs> so this is a, uh, a open letter from our good friend Stevie Rochelle mm-hmm. of uh, Tough and, and Metal Sludge fame. Right. Uh, he apparently wrote an open letter on the Metal Sludge website to Todd Latore. Right. So let's find out what our good friend Stevie has to say. Okay. Uh, hello, everyone. Thanks for checking in with Metal Sludge and your continued support is greatly appreciated. I am sure some of you are wondering, what could this open letter possibly be about? Well, first of all, it's about respect. And secondly, it's about knowing your place. And sometimes people need to be called out and be put in their place. (laughs) You see, every once in a while, someone says or does something that, well, for what it's worth, makes my blood boil and I want to throat punch them. (laughs) (laughs) But as an adult, I have stopped throat punching people and chose to take a more, shall we say, mature approach. So with that said, please read on. So have you, have you reached the point of maturity to where you don't want to throat punch anybody in work, Chris Hagan? Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. I would absolutely like to throat punch a lot of people. All right. But do you throat punch a lot of people? I haven't in a long time. Okay. But I will say this. I'm not above it. Stevie seems like he might be above it at this point. Mm -hmm. I'm not above throwing a punch. Okay. Well, anyway, apparently Todd Latore uh, tweeted a photo of himself mm-hmm. laying on a limousine floor. Yeah. Uh, basically showing himself from the knees down, uh, laid out on the floor. And it says, just me, myself, and I off to the venue. What's a load in? Question mark it's a dick move oh, I, I agree it's just like i'm way above you you slaves you you roadie people who you know i just need to show up for mic check that's all i gotta do mm-hmm. i don't touch equipment i don't move shit <laughs> i don't touch anything i don't i don't i don't even i don't even put my own mic on the stand Ah, he's way too important for that. Well, apparently that's what the that's what it sounds like. Uh, hello, Todd Latore. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Stevie Rochelle, the singer from the band Tough. <laughs> you know, one of those glam rock bands from Hollywood that showed up a little too late and were the most part forgotten when the industry shifted in the early nineties. I believe we crossed paths backstage in catering, if memory serves me right, at Rocktember in Hinkley, Minnesota, back in 2018. The lineup that day was Tesla, Queensryche, Lynch Mob, Tough, Hurricane Alice, and so on. And most of that is irrelevant. The reason for my letter to you today is simple to explain to you what a load-in is. You see, I saw your recent tweet of you sitting in a limousine headed to a gig with your caption, what's a load in? Right. Truth is, I don't even know you. 
never said two words to you and know little about yourself, the Queensryche family, or anything related. But your tweet struck a nerve with your arrogant and dismissive words. According to a quick Google search, a load-in is defined as the following. Number one, a heavy or bulky thing that is being carried or is about to be carried. Number two, put a load or a large amount of something on or in a vehicle, a ship, a container, etc. Number three, make someone or something carry or hold a large or excessive amount of heavy things. However, I am not Google, so please allow me to continue with my own definition. A load-in is where hardworking, committed, and dedicated individuals, both men and women, work at an entertainment venue to coordinate and detail all that needs to happen to make the night's or perhaps the week's shows happen. People who drive trucks, vans, buses, trailers all help with a load-in. People who lift heavy cases along with the PA, lighting rigs, and related items that have to be put into place for the show all help with the load-in. There were also those who help load in merchandise, food, drinks, catering, supplies, and items that has requested by touring bands or the group so their performers are comfortable and capable to do their jobs as entertainers. A load-in is something that happens nearly every single day at music clubs across the U.S. and around the world. Similarly, as a much bigger version of a load-in happens at theaters for plays, arenas for car shows, and stadiums for sporting events, too. The load-in takes place with local and cover bands in middle America, and it also happens for shows featuring mega acts like the Rolling Stones and Guns N' Roses. A load-in is something that, if it's not done, well, simply put, there's no show. Sitting in a limo on your way to the show after relaxing in your hotel room that afternoon is all good, and kudos to you. But posting what's a load-in is arrogant. No one likes an arrogant cunt. Yes, he said cunt. <laughs> who shows up wearing sunglasses and walks on stage to a capacity crowd cheering as the fans fawn over your ability to hit the screams in Queen of the Reich. Especially after countless people worked all day to make that happen for you while you sat in a limo tweeting, what's a load in? And when I type no one, I'm speaking of those who did the load in every day at every gig in every city on every tour while you're in your hotel room. Acting smug and arrogant is nothing to boast about. It's even more arrogant when you, you're the fill-in guy to boot. <laughs> Do you know what the fill-in guy is? It's the same thing you were in the other national recording artists that you joined also after the fact, after all the heavy lifting of the building of the brand from the ground up was already done. I believe that was called Crimson Glory. <laughs> For the record, I am one of those who does the load in too. singer or not leader or not bandana or not. I have never been above the load in ever. I did it in 1985 and 1989. I also did it in 1991 while signed to Atlantic Records and on MTV. I did it every show, every city, every country, 
in some form or fashion for the last 36 years as a performer. I also understand that's not every, I don't, I also understand that not everyone is required, needed, or expected to take part in the load-in, but your commitment sucks and your careless words diminish the hard work of so many of others. Congrats on your gig fronting an iconic band with a vast history of great music, none of which you were involved with creating, but was (laughs) built from nothing by five young men not named Todd Latore. I bet if you asked them what's a load-in, they could tell you. Don't take that gig. The limo rides are not even being part of the load-in for granted, bro. A little humility might help you go further. Think about it. There you go. <laughs> I guess Stevie put that in, put him in his place. Yeah. Quit being such a twat. Yeah, it's a shitty thing to say, and especially where he's on thin ice anyway. You know, did you see the, the the whole thing about the lawsuit and everything with Rock and Field suing? Yeah, I, I saw that. It's just like, wow, how, how did this thing, uh, you know, just, and here, here's the thing. Is, is Queensryche really Queensryche these days? Sound like them. They sound like them, but it's, it's Eddie Jackson and, and, um, Wilton. um, uh, Michael Wilton. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um. I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's an enjoyable show. See, anymore, it's funny. We have this argument all the time. Is it still the band? Is it not still the band? At this point, I, I don't only speaking for me, couldn't care less. Well, again, if it sounds you, like you, it, that's it. Well, you get to hear the songs that, yeah. that, that you know. I get that. Yeah. But but would you be as satisfied with a uh, a tribute band that could do the job and sound exactly like them? Kind of like... Um, Who's a good tribute band that sounds better than the original? Oh, uh, Leonid and Friends. Yeah. I I would go to Leonid and Friends before I go see the actual band that still go, chores under the name Chicago. Yeah, I would too. Because they're just so damn good. Mm-hmm. I mean, for dude, for years, let's be honest, the first couple of years of, um, of Queensryche with LaTorre. I would go see the Latore version of Queensryche before I would have gone to see Jeff Tate. Right. Although Tate has been sounding fantastic doing Empire. and Well, if if he's been getting back in shape and quit smoking and quit drinking so much Insania and, you know. He sounds really good right now. Well, let's let's hope he's working on his voice. Well, dude, his voice sounds amazing. There's... if you go out on YouTube and look up um, Jeff Tate, uh, Montpelier, wherever, whatever state that is, um, that gig, and you watch it, it's it's like an hour long of him just singing all the songs on Empire. Mm-hmm. He's fucking back to his old ways. Well, I mean, it, it's possible to recapture the the octaves and things, but you know, Je- Jeff uh, Jeff was a smoker. I don't know if he still does or not, and and he was swirling a lot of wine. Yeah. You know, and, and that takes a toll on your voice. Yeah, he sounds good right now. I'll I'll give him. And I wonder if maybe he got himself in fucking game game shape because of this lawsuit, because it does seem to say in the lawsuit that they were working on a reunion with him and DeGarmo. They were working on like one last run as the original band, which is now probably blown out of the water with the lawsuit. But 
you know, but who knows with these bands? They'll, they'll find a way to fucking work it out. Apparently, Todd's the problem, though, because Latori and Rocketfield do not get along. That that much seems pretty clear. Well, apparently so. You know, and and from what the lawsuit, Stevie sent me the um the paperwork for the lawsuit, and I read through it. It's fucking long. It's like forty seven pages. Well, of course, it's got to cover every nook and cranny, yeah. and there's no way to uh, you know skirt mm-hmm. out around whatever detail is. I believe me, I I got involved with some law shit years sure. ago, as you're well aware, mm-hmm. and believe me. When it comes to going through legal papers, mm-hmm. you have to go through that with a fine tooth comb because you have to pick apart every syllable of every word. And and this goes, and I'm just going to make a 90s reference here. Most people who are, you know, not in their late 40s or early 50s won't get this. Right. But you have to define what is, is. Yeah. <laughs> do you get that reference at all? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a it's a Bill Clintonism, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. No, I it's it's a mess. But something that it says in the in the lawsuit was about that the man something about the management wanting to get rid of the Tory too. So he's kind of on thin ice, man. Well, maybe he's acting like a prima donna. I mean, you know, this is not taking away from his talent because no. I've seen the Latori fronted Queensryche, uh, one, two, I've seen a couple times. five times. I've seen them five times and they've been phenomenal. It's great. But, but here, but I think it's the other stuff. Queensryche for better, for worse in their heyday. And for most of the time outside, you know, with, with Todd. They're they're kind of a to themselves band. They're not flashy. They're not. They don't like to make news. You know, none of those guys really like to make news. I mean, Jeff doesn't seem to mind, but the rest of those guys, they they and even when Jeff was in Queensrÿche, wasn't really making news. The only time you really heard from him was when they were out promoting a record. Yeah, you know, you never heard anything else. Todd is very vocal about his politics and. He's out there with the, you guys are fucking morons if you're not getting vaxxed, blah, blah, blah. You know, he he's that guy, you know, that's really, you know, kind of, kind of pushing people to pick a side. And it's like, whoa, dude, we're, we're, we're a fucking aging band at the end of the road. Yeah. We're not, we're not out here to make enemies or piss yeah. people off or, you know, we whatever. Need green. Yeah. We need all their money. Yeah. We don't, we don't need to be polarizing as an older band now. Yeah. And they're, and they're not, and they've never really been that band anyway. I mean, as much as Jeff likes to write his liberalisms into his songs, I don't think I've ever really heard too many interviews, any interviews with Jeff, especially in the heyday where he was like, well, if you're a conservative, then you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. You know, I never, never, he, he let his music talk. And I, I have to wonder if they don't like, I don't know, but I have to wonder if that's a problem in this. I'm sure it could be because, because it is polarizing and, you know, Queensryche music transcends politics or viewpoints because, you know, I, I'm, I mean, I know our fans are well aware that I have 
conservative leanings when it comes to a lot of things. What? Yeah. Well, but but I'm I'm trying to make my point here. But at at one point, Jeff Tate was the most uh the the guest who had appeared the most on the show. Mm -hmm. And I don't agree with Jeff's politics or his worldview or whatever. Sure. But I'm always willing to have him on because number one, I'm a Queensryche fan. Sure. And number two, I like Jeff as a person. Right. Exactly. I don't care what his politics are. I never did. Yeah. Do I agree with him? No, I don't. But, but that doesn't mean, you know, I, I well, fuck that guy. He'll never be on my show again because he doesn't see the things the way I see them, you know? That's right. Yeah. It's like, I, I'm not like that. I, I never have been. It's like, yeah, same way with Tracy Guns. I am so far uh, opposite, opposite of what Tracy thinks, but I still like him as a musician and a person, and I like L.A. Guns music. And yeah. if, if something were to come up where Tracy was available for interview, I'd say, yeah, hell yeah, come on. Yeah. You know, but again, that doesn't affect me as far as being a fan is concerned. You know, yeah. I, I like these people for whatever reason. I, I, and you can find some common ground there. Of course. And, and, and dude, the weird thing is, is too many people do kind of, these guys push the envelope and, and I get it. Some people like Tracy is a good example. Like, you know, I don't especially like Tracy on a personal level. Forget, you know, and, and, and that's neither here nor there. The point is I still like LA guns. Yeah, sure. I still absolutely am a, am a supporter of the band, but I, I don't like his politics and I don't especially like Tracy as a guy. Right. And, and but I'll still listen to tunes, you know, I, but I'm, I'm a rare one. I'm a rare one that can put, put even a personal difference away. And so are you, you know, dude, I, I can't tell John, John's a great example. John Drake. He. He will never listen to Ted Nugent because of Ted's politics, because Ted's fucking politics are, are his politics. And it's like, dude, who gives a fuck? How does this guy's, you know, my, my thought is always, if, if you don't like, if you know, you don't like his politics, why are you still clicking on the blabbermouth? Link? <laughs> why are you reading the story? That's going to be another one that, that I am so far removed from as far as politics or worldview is concerned is I've said this a bunch of times on the show too, is John Mellencamp. He he's he's flat out come he's come flat out and said that he's a socialist. Yeah. You know, and it's like that's so far from my viewpoint, but do I like his tunes? Yeah, he's written a lot of great songs, a lot of yeah. great records. I have them all. Still yeah. listen to John Mellencamp. But sure, you're like you're like socialize all you want, but I'm gonna sing pink houses, bitch. Yeah, yeah but I don't <laughs> don't like his politics, don't yeah. like his worldview. You know, I've met John Mellencamp. You know, I've taken a picture with him. I got this big 36 by 24 poster that he signed to me. Did right? you share it with the commune? Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's just like, but, but that doesn't keep me from enjoying his, his artistry. Yeah, of course. In not. fact, in fact, he's been a painter for, you know, like 25 or 30 years. Right. And he's got a bunch of paintings. And if I had an opportunity to buy a John Mellencamp original, I would. Would you? I would. I would have one in the house. Sure. Can't imagine what that would cost. Oof. Couldn't imagine, but, but still that's, that's kind of my point. My fandom is there, but it's not sure. to the point to where, Oh, fuck that guy. He doesn't, he doesn't believe the way that I do, man. 
I miss the days where we just didn't know everything about everybody. Well, that is true. I it agree. Was with so that. much better when all we knew was what fucking Metal Edge told us. Yeah, I agree. That was such a better time. Yeah, fucking Jerry Miller. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I, I why, miss- that's why Stevie Rochelle exists these days because he was anti Jerry Miller. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Uh, oh. All right, Todd. Well, I hope, um, hope it all works out for you (laughs) and i don't blame stevie at all good on him for fucking calling well you know the thing is is that when i worked in a club back in back in the late 80s early 90s out in california we we did have shows i mean we had like blue oyster cult and and um uh, fog hat and you know various bands like that come in and play the club and part of part of being involved with the club was showing up at 10 o'clock in the morning to do load in right sure you know and and i was out there humping cases and helping load in and set up and you know getting the lighting set up and the rigs and this and that so yeah it was just it's just part of the job it's it's you know uh, it's 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 the necessary evil somebody's got to do the grunt work that doesn't make you a, some kind of lowly slave because right. you're doing that it's just like you're making the show happen i think uh probably somebody that um paid good tribute to people that that make the show happen is jackson brown he has that song stay okay yeah you know that song that mm-hmm. uh you know uh the, the show is over and the 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 lights are you know, down and they're loading up the trucks, but you know, don't come for my piano and we're going to load it up and ship it out. And you're going to drive hundreds of miles to the next day and do it all over again. Right. You know, you know, that song. Oh, won't you stay? You know that song? Yeah, sure. But that's a tribute to the roadies. There you go. Dude, our, our friend Ken Barr, he wrote books about the roadies. He did. I mean, we haven't heard from Ken in years, but he used to come on, you know, periodically and, you know, give us, uh, he wrote this book, We Are the Road Crew or something. Yeah, we are the Road Crew, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's a job. It's it's just part of the gig. It's the bus drivers. It's the truck drivers. It's the roadies. It's the technicians. It's everybody involved. It's the limo driver that's fucking wheeling your fucking gloating ass around dickhead yeah yeah so yeah that is a load in you know i've i've had i've been involved a little bit in the business for you know years and have had hands-on experience and it's just part of making the thing happen yeah it's part of the gig yep it's got to make it happen i mean i mean well let's just even take this show for example how many how much equipment and stuff have i lumped over the years to make our show happen you know whether it was remote or at your place or this place or whatever it's it's just part of the gig you you got to do what you got to do to make it happen if you're an entertainer you have to you have to get involved yeah you do you have to all right all right. Well, I say we take a break and uh, we'll come back. So uh, you got something you want to hear? How about um, bu- 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 how about a corrosion of conformity? Never oh. turn to more. Oh, dude, it's COC, man. Yeah, sorry, COC. <laughs> COC for the C-O-O-L. The cool. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to play a few tunes. We'll come back. So here it is. It's corrosion of conformity exclusively here. On your classic metal show. Thanks for checking out this episode of The Classic Metal Show. 
Get all of our episodes uncensored at www.theclassicmetalshow.com. Join us weekly from 9 p.m. till 3 a.m. Eastern at www.cmsradio.net. Participate in the live chat room at www.chatandkill.com. Once again, thank you for checking out The Classic Metal Show with Neely and Chris. Hail and kill. Fuck you, pal. And hand